Hey everyone and welcome to Sunday Night's Main Event. We are more than just a weekly radio show. We actually have a whole network of shows that cover the entire world of professional wrestling. From Raw and SmackDown to Dynamite and Rampage to Impact to New Japan and everything in between, we've got you covered. In order to get each of these shows, you have to be a Patreon. And to join our Patreon for just $5 a month, head on over to patreon.com slash SNME radio this next show is actually a special aftercast that we also produce covering major wrestling shows in this case it is for new japan pro wrestling's wrestle kingdom 17 is their yearly big show on january the 4th that takes place in the tokyo dome and has wrestlers from all over the world vying for the biggest prizes in professional wrestling this year we had wrestlers from new japan pro wrestling aew even wwe and stardom going at it so if you like what you heard head on over to patreon.com slash snme radio and for just five dollars every month you will get this show and many more so without further ado let's get to it fourth and you know what that means it is new japan pro wrestling's wrestle kingdom 17 this is the sunday night's main event aftercasts i'm boys and as always i am joined by my bam compadre my colleague my podcaster the matt bonjour uh, how's everybody doing out there? We hope you're doing well. We hope that you watched this excellent wrestling show. Oh my God, Boris. Wrestle Kingdom 17 delivered. I think switching back to one night really helped. They stacked this card. A lot of great matches. And I'll say it right now, an all-timer in the semi-main event. One of the greats that I've ever seen. Oh my God, this Omega versus Osprey match. Hey, that's Yeah, exactly. That match... 100% stole the show uh, for those patrons who listen to NXT talk. I made a lot of jokes about the match of the year, match of the year, this match of the year, that uh, being the opening match from that show. But realistically, Will Ospreay versus Kenny Omega, Wrestle Kingdom 17, January 3rd, January 4th, 2023, is a match that we're going to be talking on January 1st, 2024. And that is a damn guarantee man the bar is set extremely high these guys absolutely over delivered 35 minute match uh and the main event was excellent too but up and down the show there was some good stuff there was a a couple of uh questionable decisions i thought some bad things on the pre-show once we actually got cooking though this was an incredible wrestling program sasha banks boris has debuted that's huge once Oh, sorry. Excuse me. Excuse me. Mercedes Monet has debuted with, uh, you know, a, a little bit of a shaky promo, a little bit of a shaky finishing move, but she's here and uh, I'm excited to see her in San Jose versus Kyrie. Lots coming uh, out of this new Japan wrestle kingdom. There's lots of intrigue right now. 
There for sure is, right? And I think that there were some questionable decisions. If you look at this as a, you know, a one-time card, if you don't look at the canon of stuff, this card and some of the results are like, why is New Japan doing this? We'll talk about some of them. Um, I have a major beef with the main event, um, and it's a, a, a rant that I've said many times. And maybe maybe we'll chat about that, and maybe you can uh, turn me around and see if, you know, how I rate that match. But right now, I'm a little, I'm a little upset with the way that the show ended, um, but we'll see. And I know long-term storytelling, that's what we're going to be talking about a lot, I I think with some of the results from this show but overall you know this card had it all it had like we always say here on sunday night's main event there was a little something something for everyone absolutely yes we saw the the hard-hitting incredible like modern style uh, Kenny Omega Will Ospreay match where they used weapons. There was blood, but we saw we saw a technical wrestling in Zack Saber Jr. versus Ren Narita. We saw a fatal four way cruiserweight match, which we never see really in New Japan. Multi man matches like that are a rarity. Also, an awesome uh, uh, IWGP Junior Tag Team Championship match to start the pay per view proper. Anyway, let's just get into it, Boris. Let's just jump right in head first. No time to waste. But before we do that, my friend, we have one last bit of business to get through. And if you've never listened to us on BAM or NXT Talk, you should know that, you know, we're done with star ratings. We like to have fun with this. Uh, we rate each match out of five something. Matt, what is going to be our rating du jour for Wrestle Kingdom 17? Well, I think we're going to celebrate uh, the the wrestlers of the past, the great New Japan legends. We're going to go legends out of five. So like Antonio Inoki's out of five. Well, we'll see if a match can hit the coveted five Inoki's out of five, Boris. Yep. And just like any show from Japan, let, let's let me get this thrown out there right now. We're going to talk about the match. We're going to talk about the ending, but we're going to try to throw what's next right I, I like having that conversation with these uh, promotions just because you know I, I, I these shows I want to use as a gateway as a stepping stone for people to jump on and to latch on these promotions do not sleep on stardom do not sleep on New Japan do not sleep on Noel right now you know the, there's some great stuff coming outside of North America so we're gonna have a, some great discussion after some of these matches and uh, just to remember these notes were taken from about 1.30 a.m. until 7 a.m. in the morning when the show proper <laughs> ended. So if there's anything wrong, I'm sorry. No, but honestly, um, it was worth staying up, and I, I'm happy that I did. So let's get to it. Let's start with the pre-show. The English broadcast team consisted of Kevin Kelly, Chris Charlton, and Gino Gambino. Overall, like we've been saying many times for New Japan Pro Wrestling, especially on the English commentary, because, well, we understand it, uh, they've done, they, they do a great job of incorporating the entire canon of wrestling from everywhere, and they do a great job of telling stories. Uh, Kevin Kelly is such a good play-by-play -play guy um, and, and calling the moves, and Chris Charlton is just so good at filling in those gaps and telling us stories and backgrounds and motivations and things like that. Uh, the, uh, the pairing of Charlton and Kevin Kelly 
it was really, really good. I'll hear an argument that they are the best one-two punch in wrestling in terms of commentary. I like Gino Gambino. He's hit or miss. He's an acquired taste, perhaps, but I have acquired the taste of Gino uh, or something. Boris, yeah. but no, I like his commentary. I like that that sassy kind of heel. Uh, the accent works for me. I like it a lot. We kind of need that in New Japan, though, right? Having two very serious uh, play-by-play guys in Charlton and Kelly, uh, it can make that. I'm not going to say that it is boring, but sometimes you can just get lost in the commentary, right? You need someone with a little pizzazz, and that's something that Gino Gambino really gives you, in my opinion, and it's that pizzazz, and I just love his accent as well, but uh, I think the three of these guys, if they continue working together, uh, they're going to be awesome. So let's get to things. Um, the first match was a three-minute exhibition match uh, with Ryohei Oiwa versus Bolton Oleg. Who is Oleg Bolton. Well, he's a 2021 Asian Championship gold medalist at the 125 kilogram mark. Uh, he wrestled for Kazakhstan at the senior level since 2014. Uh, so from an Asian perspective, this is actually a pretty big deal. Um, this is essentially the 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 same as us having a Gable Stevenson here in WWE in North America. Right. And so this would be like Gable Stevenson and kind of a Drew Gulak having like a three minute exhibition to open WrestleMania, basically. Yep. And this uh, reached. Uh, so this went to a time limit draw. Uh, we caught Oleg in an arm bar. Oleg reached the ropes. He came back with a hip toss and a body slam covered Oiwa for a two count. But the bell rang. I kind of like that ending. It kind of left us. If there was more time, what would have happened? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, uh, you got to get your feet wet somehow, right? But at the same time, they didn't let Oleg Bolton do too much. They did leave you wanting more in every sense of the word. So yeah, I thought that was quite clever. This is a tough match to rate, but you know, it, it wasn't. It wasn't bad. It was a good effort for the three minutes. Yeah, exactly. Let's not. We don't even need to rate this for what it was. All right, so let's get to the second match, and or what I like to call the equivalent of the Andre the Giant uh, Battle Royal, the Invitational, or as I like to call it, the My How the Mighty Have Fallen in One Year or Two Years. Man, this is an interesting concept. The New Japan Rambo. Uh, you know, this is turning more and more and more into Joey Janela's clusterfuck. <laughs> yeah this was uh this was bad i didn't like this at all and it did feel like a demotion for everyone involved it was almost tough to see people come out of the pre-show like ishii coming out like fourth i believe in this battle royal i actually like kind of hurt my heart to hear that theme like man i want to see him in a real match quote unquote shingo coming out although shingo was one of the four men who won this weird battle royal but yeah i i didn't enjoy this at all this uh this felt like a waste of a half hour of my life <laughs> Oh, 100%. That's exactly how I felt. And Shingo did get featured later on, but uh, we'll talk about that later. All right, so the last four wrestlers are going to meet in a four-way tonight, tomorrow, whatever you want to say, at New Year's Dash for the King of Pro Wrestling title shot. Um, Sho and Hikaleo started the match. We also saw evil Tomohiro Ishii. Great Okan, Dookie, Rocky Romero, Kenta, Kanemaru, uh, Aaron Hanari, uh, Taguchi, Jeff Cobb, uh, Shane Haste, Mikey Nichols, Yujiro Takahashi, Toro Yano, 
El Fantasmo, Tai Chi, and Shingo. The last four uh, were Shingo Takaki, Sho, Toro Yano, and Great Okan. That's who is who are going to face each other later tomorrow uh, for the King of Pro Wrestling 2023 title, which is now a belt as opposed to a trophy that they carry around. Interesting, yes. So, yeah, Sho, Great Okan, Toru Yano, and Shingo Takagi. So this went 30 minutes and 37 seconds. It was bad. You don't need to watch it. One evil out of five. Singular evil. Bad champion, bad match. All right, next up was the Antonio Inuki Memorial six-man tag match. You had Yuji Nagata, Satoshi Kojima, and Togi Makabe versus Minoru Suzuki, Tiger Mask, and Tatsumi Fujinami. What can we say about Boy, this, this match? Uh, it was rough, man. It was some, it was some old dudes in there. I, you have to appreciate it was for uh, the great Inoki. And, you know, it was a bunch of old guys. Like Tatsuya, sorry, Tatsumi Fujinami is what, 70, 72? Yeah. <laughs> He's up there, right? So, like, it, it was what it was, man. But, yeah, New, Yuji Nagata and uh, Minoru Suzuki were basically the young lions in this match. Like, <laughs> that tells you tells you all you need to know. It was it was a rough go, but, I mean, it was a bit of pro wrestling nostalgia. It wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, Nagata did a nice suplex in the match. Fujinami uh, got a pretty good reaction from the crowd. He did some dragon screw leg whips. Uh, the crowd really enjoyed that. In the end, Makabe pinned Tiger Mask for the win for his team. Uh, the wrestlers shook hands afterwards, including Suzuki. Uh, Fujinami spoke over the house mic in Japanese, fired everyone up, uh, and it uh, sounded like an Inoki cheer at that point. Yes, yeah, I believe uh, there was a Bombay in there, I think. Uh, man, the finish to this match was so weird. It was like Tiger Mask was trying to reverse something, like trying to sunset flip out of something Togi, uh, Togi Makabe was doing. And then at that point, he fell. And then Makabe just kind of fell on top of Tiger Mask and pinned him. He won via lateral press. It was the weirdest. It was the weirdest, most disjointed match. So like one star match in the ring. Plus a bonus star for all the pump and circumstance. Let's say that's a total of two Scott Nortons out of five for this one. Nice one. Nice one. I like that. All right. And at this point in my notes, I have this. Why do I keep watching pre-shows all around the world? <laughs> yeah, this you did not need to see the pre-show at all. You don't you don't, don't need to go back and watch a second of this one. All right, let's get to the main card. The main card opened with a video package highlighting and listing all of the matches. The commentary team remained as Kevin Kelly, Chris Charlton, and Gino Gambino. All right, so let's just jump right into it. The first match was for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team titles as Francisco Akira and uh, TJP went up against Leo Rush and Yo. All right, this match was nice, was fast-paced. This was a great way to start uh, the Wrestle Kingdom, and it reminded me of classic New Japan Young Bucks uh, uh, first match of the card. Absolutely. Now, I have a question for you. Leo Rush bled in this match. I think there are, there are three options here, Boris, uh, as to what happened. Number one, hard way. He was cut for real when his head struck the ramp uh number two blade job that was part of the match and everyone knew 
or number three, the secret WrestleMania eight Bret Hart blade job that he hides from management. What do you think this was? I think this was hard way for the simple fact that if you uh, Leo Rush posted something on Instagram and he has like two or three scars on his forehead. So either this was like intention, like, you know, unintentional or he did the worst blade job known to man. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. I did not see the Instagram thing, but I guess that wraps it up. It is hard way. I uh, I didn't think it was option B or C, but it is. I just wanted to bring up the, the sneaky Bret Hart blade job. It's I funny to it. think Leo Rush might have done that. Yeah, exactly. All right. So here's one for trivia at a future date. So people should jot this down somewhere. Uh, Francisco Kira is the first Italian to ever compete at a Wrestle Kingdom event. Nice. There you go. Forza Azuri. Yep. Okay. Um, the, <laughs> <laughs> the champions hit Rush with a pop-up face buster double T move on the stage. He, this is when he started bleeding heavily around his right eye. In the, yen, in the end, Yo set up a move on TJP, who countered into an inside cradle, got the one, the two, the three. Francisco Akira and TJP defeated Leo Rush and Yo for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team titles. Yeah, it would have been nice to see Leo Rush get a win here, but this was an awesome match. I love Leo Rush. All four guys looked really good. Uh, TJP, you might disagree with his politics, but you can't disagree with his in-ring work, man. He is he is uh he is unfwithable in that ring he's been really good for a long time i feel like he is drastically underrated because he's kind of a shithead for lack of a better term but i feel like he deserves more respect in the ring honestly tjp is really good i agree i agree right and same can be said about leo rush right i think those two guys got a really bad rap uh you know for their north american work not just wwe it seems to follow them around, but they seem to have found some good grounding in Japan uh, pro wrestling, which is great to hear. Uh, so this was a great way to start the pay-per-view. They got yes. some dazzling high spots. Uh, and it, like I said, it really felt like a classic Young Bucks opener. Exactly. Well put. Yeah, it did feel that that style of match. Uh, yeah. So 10 minutes, 30 seconds. I would go as high as three and a half Kota Ibushi's. Out of five for the junior heavyweights here. Kota Ibushi. Is that someone we won't be hearing from on one of these shows for New Japan for a very long time? All right. No, sir. Let's change things up the way that New Japan uh, changed things up because the next match was a first time ever, and it was the first defense of the IWGP Women's Championship as your champion, Kyrie. everyone knows her as Kyrie Sane, uh, went up against Tam Nakano. All right, so... I wish this match was, A, given a little more time because, uh, mm -hmm. you know, this is a classic example of if this was a stardom show, I feel like this match would have been given 25 minutes. How long did this match actually go? Five minutes and 55 seconds I have it at, Boris. They didn't even get started, and I think that's what really hurt this match. I think that a match like this, a match of this magnitude, needed more time. And, you know, I'm going to say it. Shame on New Japan. You should have given them more time. This is one of your IWGP champions. Give the women a shot. Honestly, that's my take. Um, you know, might not be a popular opinion, but I think that these women could have given you a spectacular showing if they just gave them more time. And, you know, you could have cut back on one of the other matches or a couple matches. But I think that these women were hard done by the time they were given. 
It sucks too because uh, at the crossover show, Kyrie was involved in the main event, and it was one of the best matches of 2022. Straight up, it was an all-time classic, excellent match. So obviously, they have it in them. But yeah, they didn't get the chance. Having said that, it was still a good six minutes. You know what I mean? It's still a good wrestling match overall. It was a showcase for Kyrie and a showcase for the lady who would debut six minutes after the bell rang. Yeah, Kyrie hit her top rope elbow, uh, the insane elbow. She got the clean win. Kyrie defeated Tab Nakano to retain the IWGP Women's Championship. Um, after the match, the lights went out. A video led to Mercedes Monet, uh, formerly known as Sasha Banks, making her entrance. Once she was in the ring, Kyrie and Monet went face to face. They shook hands. Monet put Kyrie down with a uh, what looked to be a, I guess, a twisting DDT of sorts of something. I don't know exactly what it was. Uh, Monet then introduced herself and announced that she will challenge Kyrie for the title on February 18th in San Jose. Yeah, I think it was supposed to be Ty Mello's or Ty Conti's or yeah, Ty Mello now. Sorry, Ty Mello's uh, finisher, the tiebreaker, like the the backpack thing into the flippy knee bomb thing. That's what it looked like. But it looked like she fell. Maybe she was trying to do that into like a face buster and she just didn't hit it clean. I'm not quite sure what the move was. It was some kind of backpack into a flippy do of some uh, accord. Anyway. It was a little shaky. The move was shaky. Like I said, her promo was a bit shaky, but her star power is undeniable. This felt like a big moment, and it doesn't really matter that the opening promo wasn't uh, a five-star Ric Flair promo. What matters is what happens in the coming months. So I'm excited to see her big match in San Jose. I believe it is. I It's in February. I don't know the date. I'll look that up while we're, uh, while we're talking here. February 18th. Thank you, Boris. Uh, yeah, man, uh, with the debut, all things considered, good but not great. We're going to go three Chigusa Nagayos out of five. Chigusa Nagayo was great. This was merely good. Yeah, exactly. All right, and this is now, we're going to talk about this. Was this perfect? Hell no. Like you said, and you no. said it best. I'm just going to repeat what you said, and that's, the you know, we have to judge uh, all of this by what's to come on February 18th. Uh, we have to remember that the Japanese fans, they're not the most boisterous of fans. So, yeah, it sounded a little flat. And you know what? WWE isn't as huge of a product in Japan, so a lot of people don't necessarily know who Sasha Banks was. Uh, so... You know, let, let, let's hold off judging this by uh, just yet. Let's see what's coming. And I'm going to tell you, February 18th in San Jose, they're going to blow the roof off. And you know that a shit ton of tickets, if the show's already not sold out, are going to be sold just on uh, Mercedes Monet herself. Yeah, man, absolutely. I can't wait to see that match because I, I think Sasha Banks is highly underrated in the ring. I thought she always deserved to be pushed at the level of Charlotte and Becky. Some people dislike her. That is actually kind of a polarizing opinion, but I am, I'm certainly on Team Sasha, as it were. Now, Team Mercedes. All right, let's go to the next match. And this match hurt my soul on so many levels. It <laughs> For anyone who listened to the SNME Worst of knows that I was not looking forward to this match. I believe that this match was a travesty um, because I believe that we could have gotten another match of the year contender if Aussie Open could have been in this match. But no, New Japan didn't give us that. They gave us FTR, Dax Harwood, and Cash Wheeler versus Yoshihashi and Hiroki Goto, question mark. 
<laughs> yeah, the new IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Champions. Uh, you all have, you know, Boris. Uh, yeah, man, it was. It's weird. It should have been Aussie Open. I agree with that wholeheartedly. I don't know if I. I it didn't break my heart as much as it broke yours. But Aussie Open's great. They deserve to be uh, the tag team champions here in New Japan. Makes you wonder what's next for them. But uh, yeah, the FTR golden run is over. They've lost all three of their tag team titles here. This was still a, a very good match. Not great, but Dax and Cash are awesome. They said that Cash Wheeler got there 30 minutes before his match started. The show was already like happening. I think it was during the Rambo that Cash Wheeler actually arrived to the Tokyo Dome. So that's tough, man. The life of a professional wrestler. Crazy, crazy. But yeah, I thought under the circumstance, still a good match. Not the best FTR match you've ever seen, though. Agreed. Agreed. And that's the unfortunate part. This match could have been so much more. Um, FTR hit a big rig on Goto and Harwood had him pinned, but Yoshihashi broke it up. Uh, Yoshihashi then tagged in. Harwood did a Paul Driver for another two count. FTR followed that up with a spike Paul Driver. Harwood had the pin, but Goto broke it up. Uh, the challengers then came back with a double team version of the GTR and Harwood, and that led to Yoshihashi of all people. Yoshihashi. <laughs> Yoshi, your boy, Hashi, to get <laughs> the pin to give him and Goto the IWGP heavyweight tag team titles. Who are you to doubt Yoshihashi, <laughs> Boris? Yes, Bishamon, the new IWGP heavyweight tag team champions. 10 minutes and eight seconds, I have it here at Big Homie. Uh, yeah, I thought this was, a, again, a good match. I'm going to give it a three and a half Satoshi Kojima's. Out of five, 70%. It's a B in Canada. Not uh, not great, but still pretty good. And uh, the Yoshihashi Goto era has begun. Let's get it. Yeah, sure. All right, so let's talk about FTR <laughs> a little bit more. What is next for FTR? In the past month, they've dropped the ROH, AAA, and IWGP Tag Team titles. Uh, they dropped the AAA and IWGP Tag Team titles in just a week. What is next for FTR? Is this the losing streak, or are they bound to somewhere where they're not allowed to wrestle other places? Nope. Uh, it's a losing streak gimmick. They're going to go away from AEW for a couple months. They're going to wrestle on the indies. They might even go to uh, Smashing Pumpkin Wrestling and win the uh, Tonight Tonight Tag Team Championships from Billy Corgan. Who knows? Uh, but I'll tell you what's going to happen is I think at Revolution perhaps that's going to be my guess we're going to hear and cm punk's coming back with ftr it's going to happen they're going to work against the elite in 2023 that's what's going to happen with ftr they're right. going to be with they're going to be cm punk's lackeys that will happen that's what's going to happen. so that's one of your bold predictions for 2023 i guess i guess so you can call it that call it bold call it whatever you want homie i think it's going down all right, so I'm just going to remind you right now, one of your bold predictions, and this is going to be fun uh, when everyone else gets to listen to this show, um, and that's one of your bold predictions for 2022 was that Johnny Gargano was going to win the AEW TNT Championship. Yeah, silly me. It turns out Johnny Gargano is the one wrestler on earth that Tony Khan doesn't like. So <laughs> silly me. There you go. Who could have uh -huh. guessed that? He likes he likes big cast though. Loves him some William Morrissey, buddy. I'll tell you that. 
All right, let's get to the next match. Um, it was for the first ever New Japan Pro Wrestling TV Championship, and that was Ren Narito versus Zack Sabre Jr. This match was excellent if your style was uh, technical catches catch. It was, this match was great. I know that a lot of the um, more hardcore Japanese viewers um, who, who like uh, Peresu, this was their Jam. Yeah, this these next two matches I thought were like both kind of hidden gems, like both classic Wrestle Kingdom undercard matches where the guys go all out and have a, a really good contest in different styles, completely different styles. This was the technical classic, not not an all-time classic, you know, but the, that that style, the classic technical style that Zack Sabre Jr. has come to embody, man. This was world of sport wrestling with a few more high-impact suplexes here. Uh, really good stuff. The right man won. It looks like Zack Sabre Jr. is starting his own faction here. But yeah, just awesome, technical, hard-hitting, wrestling action here. Yep. All right, we got uh, back-and-forth kicks, forearms, rolling elbows, suplexes, all of it. Uh, Sabre then scored a very close near fall, uh, but then he eventually caught Narita in an arm submission, got the win, and Zack Sabre Jr. is your first New Japan Pro Wrestling TV champion. After the match, Sabre was presented the new title, the TMDK duel of Mikey Nichols and Shane Haste entered the ring. They were applauding him. They offered him a TMDK t-shirt. Sabre put the belt down, took the shirt, and then he put the shirt on, hugged both the men. They strapped the title to him, and there you go. Zack Sabre Jr. has found some new friends after Suzuki Goon was put to rest. Yeah, I wonder if he's going to be like the leader of a new faction. I think that should happen. This was a very good match. I'm going to go three and three quarter. Uh, Yuji Nagata's Blue Justices out of five, 75%. B plus here in Canada. Yep. Good stuff. Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, I'm excited to see him be the champion of Japanese television. Go around having 15 minute exhibitions with all kinds of wrestlers. Yeah, I think he's a great champion, but I still think that... Uh, so here's the thing. When this... As I'm watching this, as the match ended, I'm like, why didn't they give the belt to Ren Narita? They were telling this amazing story. He was having, you know, matches of his career. He was putting people down. He was the giant killer. Uh, he was doing so much. And then you get to the finals... And they get stopped by Zack Sabre Jr. But I think this is a classic case of long-term storytelling. I think Ren Narita will eventually get the belt from Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, so this is kind of like, uh, you know, he's too much of a rookie. Zack Sabre Jr. was just too much for him. He was too OP'd. Ren Narita needs to go um, you know, get some more HP, get some more items, and he'll be back. Yes. Yeah, it needs to go enchant his gear and uh, come back stronger than ever, Boris. But I think... Uh, if they want to make this the technical wrestling exhibition title, what better way to establish that identity than have Zack Sabre Jr. matches for a year, right? So he should be the champion, I think, of this this belt, the way it kind of seems like it's going. So yeah, uh, but others I, can I, argue. Great decision. Others can argue that they are, uh, you know, not building a new star in Ren Narita by giving him this belt. Not to say my opinion is, is that you don't need a belt to create a star, but a lot of the casual wrestling fans, even casual New Japan viewers who are, you know, Wrestle Kingdom, Dominion, uh, G1 final viewers, uh, I know as a fact that they see it that way. 
that's fair honestly like I, I can't really argue that all i can say is i think it's best for zach to be champion i think the good of that outweighs the bad of that the whole other scenario honestly yep. like zach has to be champion and he has to have a good matches with everyone on earth that's what should happen to establish this yep. and tmdk quickly found the replacement for jonah uh in zach saber jr so we'll see exactly what's going on and i'm really looking forward because uh new year's dash there's always a, some good story some good uh progression always happening at new year's dash you always get some good returns some new factions uh so i think we're going to be seeing a little more from these guys uh later on on january the 5th agreed agreed all right, the next match was for the Never Openweight Championship, and it was WWE's Carl Anderson versus New Japan's Tamatonga with Jado. Shockingly good match, definitely a WWE style match. This was like a a, a really good pay per view match. Like this was a, a extreme rules match here in the middle of Wrestle Kingdom. I honestly feel like this was Tamatonga's the you know dark match uh, tryout for WWE. St- this is that is an excellent call that's straight up what this was this was a wwe style match featuring a wwe wrestler and someone who's probably going and i thought it was great i actually this kind of it's kind of blew me away this is my sleeper it's not my match of the night but it's like my sleeper match you know the, the one that's like the sneaky favorite i would say it's probably maybe my bronze medal match of the night you know i would give it the third star of the night Better be ready with those three stars. All right. Anderson suffered a stun gun, then dropped Tonga with a kick. Anderson then later called for a brain buster from the top rope, which Tonga stuffed. Tonga shoved Anderson off the top rope, hit him with a crossbody block. Tonga followed up with a top rope splash for a very close near fall. Anderson stuffed a gun stun. Tonga did the same. Tonga eventually leapt off the middle rope, hit the cutter, and he followed this up with a rough-looking uh uh, stun gun for the win to give him the never open weight championship yeah so what i loved about this match was the start so before the bell even rings carl anderson smashes tamatonga with the never open weight title and then he brings him outside of the ring hits a brain buster on the guardrail and he, he like suplexes him neck first on the guardrail basically then hits the bernard driver which is albert's old finisher his old tag team partner the fire thunder driver on the ramp and tamatonga's dead so they actually did a really good job of convincing you the viewer that oh my god carl anderson's gonna keep this title again but no in the end tamatonga fought back and won this match it was a 10 minute sprint i actually like really enjoyed it i thought it was great sneaky sneaky match uh that might show up at the very bottom of our 123 of 2023 a year from now but yeah i would go as high as four aj styles's out of five it's an a it's a great match Great job, fellas. Match of the show so far. Agreed, 100%. Um, all right, the next match was a match that made me sad. It honestly made makes me sad seeing how Naito is treated in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to say how slow Mudo was moving, but uh, that's, oh, that's to be expected. But yeah, poor, poor Naito. Yeah, poor Naito. All right, so the, that... Uh, the sixth match of the night of the pay-per-view was Keiji Muto, Hiroshi Tanahashi, and Shota Omino versus Tetsuya Naito, Sanada, and Bushi. 
Yeah, another like nine, ten minute match. This was yeah, a lot of Muto, and Muto's not moving very, uh, very well. This was a, a classic like old guy wrestling match, but it wasn't terrible. It wasn't Ric Flair's last match. It was much closer to Ricky Steamboat's last match. It, it was kind of it was better than Ric Flair. Look, at no point did I think that KG Muto was going to die in the middle of the ring. <laughs> which is which makes it better than the Ric Flair match. Yes. All right, so Sonata took a cheap shot, went off and uh, went on the offensive. Uh, Sonata even hit a top rope moonsault for a very close near fall in the opening minute. Uh, but then much later on in the match, after some back and forth, uh, Muto came back with a shining wizard, went up top. But Tanahashi talked him out of performing his own moonsault. Uh, Muto then hit another shining wizard on Bushi. Uh, and then um, Umino got the pin. So Keiji Muto, Hiroshi Tanahashi, and Shota Umino beat Los Ingobernables de Japón, Tetsuya Naito, Sonata, and Bushi. Honestly, so after the match, when they were leaving and Muto seemed lost, uh, Naito just seemed like, I don't know if you caught this, but Naito just looked at him. He's like, what the fuck am I doing here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely caught that feel for Naito. Felt bad for Naito. Yeah, a good effort and like a bit of fun, but overall, I would say kind of a bad wrestling match. And we've seen the Muto retirement tour in so many different incarnations that just kind of felt like another stop on the tour, you know. So I'm gonna go uh, two great Mutas out of five for this one below the Jeff Jarrett line. Yep. All right. The next match was a four-way for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. As we talked about at the top of the show, four-ways are something that typically aren't done in Japan Pro Wrestling. They tend to reserve the special matches, the four-ways, three-ways, ladder matches, hardcore matches for the U.S. shows. But Wrestle Kingdom, they try to give everyone a little something-something, and boy, did these four give us a little something-something. Uh, I knew it was going to be a good match, so I had the bar relatively high, and I, in my opinion, they surpassed it as Taiji Ishimori uh, went up against Hiromu uh, Takahashi, El Desperado, and Master Wato. Great match. Great wrestling match. The near falls for Master Watto. They really went out of their way to try to convince you that Master Watto was going to win this match. In fact, at one point, he had his finisher locked in, but he, he gave it up. He gave up the pin to try to go hit a top rope move to really seal the deal, and that ended up being his downfall because El Desperado interfered with his top rope jumping. Anyway, Master Watto, he was kind of, quote-unquote, the star of this match. Though he didn't win, he was positioned to get the most rub to get the the most near falls and and like the most fan interaction uh Hiromu wins this match i think the right guy won and uh, this is great stuff man yeah here's the thing here's the thing i think the right guy won if you take a look at like you know um popularity and whatnot but i feel like two years ago Hiromu takahashi was destined to move up to the heavyweights they were doing something with him he was getting a lot more attention he kind of seemed like the leader of lij as the main guy in lij for a little bit so i feel like him winning this belt is a step back and you know everything is just here's the thing at the end of the show i felt like Everything is just back to normal in New Japan Pro Wrestling, and they're not trying anything new. Yeah, I can't really argue that. I guess we'll see in New Year's Dash. Maybe they reset it to, like, a base so they can screw it all up tonight. Yep. You know what I mean? We, I, well, I, I will reserve judgment until New Year's Dash. But at this moment, you're right, man. Uh, 
But the match itself was, I, I still think it was great. Yeah. I don't really have a rebuttal. I don't really have a rebuttal to that, though. What I want to see is I think it could save both of the uh, Naito and Takahashi's problems here. Just have the, the breakup finally. Just finally have Hiromu turn on Naito, LIJ turn on Naito, and uh, go from there. Hiromu takes it over. That's what I would love to see at this point, right? Like, I think that is, in my opinion, the logical next step. Uh, so Takahashi won with a time bomb too, uh, which is fine. Sure, let's 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 rate this bad boy. I thought it was great. We're gonna go four Shinsuke Nakamura's out of five, four Kings of Strong Style out of five. Great match, uh, a shade below the previous match in my opinion, but I still thought it, or not the previous, uh, the Carl Anderson match. Sorry, but I still thought it was. I still thought it was great overall. Uh, man, Master Watto, who would have thunk it? The match of his career by a wide margin. Exactly. Honestly, who would have thunk it? Uh, that's Russell Kingdom, baby. It's it's the main event. It's the Super Bowl. He he had his dancing shoes on. Yeah, he did, man. All right. The next match was match number eight and was by far the match of the night. Possibly Whew. match of the year. Holy shit. It was for the IWGP US Championship as your champion, Will Ospreay, went up against AEW's Kenny Omega. Oh yeah, we're gonna t- we're going to talk about some of the crazier moves, but there's no point in going like move by move. No. You have to just watch this match. Set aside 35 minutes and watch this match. They beat the shit out of each other. They told the story. Don Callis was awesome on commentary. This was just great stuff. Great stuff. Oh, this was so good. This honestly reminded me of 2016, uh, you know, 2015, 16 New Japan with Don Callis on the call. Uh, this was so freaking good. I This match was so good. This match had everything. Uh, it had blood. It had these guys just kicked each other's asses, you know? Like, you know, the story essentially was that Kenny Omega left New Japan and now he's embarrassed of what New Japan's become because he left New Japan to Will Ospreay and he thinks that Will Ospreay dropped the ball. And uh, yeah, so th- this was Will Ospreay fighting for his honor against Kenny Omega, who is the evil final boss of New Japan. And this match was basically designed to cement Will Ospreay as a baby face. And I think it did an incredible job. I thought Will Ospreay was going to win uh, up until about 10 minutes into the match. And then I was like, oh, Kenny Omega is is throwing way too much of this guy. They're telling the story. He is just going to, Will Ospreay is just not going to be able to overcome Kenny Omega on this night. And that's exactly what it was. Omega invented some of the craziest moves. He hit a Kreutz Wrath, which is his uh, fisherman's German suplex. Not fisherman's, uh, elevated German suplex. Anyway, man, like the the amount of V-triggers that all looked like they just put Will Ospreay onto planet Mars the the table spot where he's slamming a bloody Will Osprey into a broken table, and you see Will Osprey's blood on the table as his head careens through this table like it's made of gingerbread. Oh my god, this match, buddy! Him just breaking the table with the double stomp. You know, they just like just the table just disintegrated underneath them. Um, you know, they no. did the uh, Osprey did a suplex on the broken table with Omega tons of v triggers we got some poison ranas um 
Omega DDT'd Osprey when both men were on the ropes onto an exposed turnbuckle. Yes. Like this match. That was the turning point. That was the turning point in the match. Yeah, this match had so many insane spots, but I think that was probably number one when uh, Kenny Omega DDT's Will Osprey on the top turnbuckle while they're both standing on the top rope. And then Will Ospreay with a humongous blade job. And from there, it was just Kenny's match to lose. And Kenny beat the crap out of this man. And Omega used that exposed turnbuckle so often. He used all the exposed uh, the planks of wood. Uh, at one point, Omega even did a DDT on the exposed turnbuckle. Uh, Osprey was just laying down facing the exposed turnbuckles. And Omega did a insane-looking V-trigger right on the back of Osprey's head. Uh, Omega stood on the middle rope, and he did a insane looking suplex on Osprey. Uh, Omega had Osprey in the pinning position, but he just kept getting up. Uh, all the V-triggers, everything was happening. Both men going back and forth. They were back on their feet, trading, rolling elbow strikes. Osprey got the better of it, but Omega grabbed him, performed a straight jacket German suplex for a two count. Omega then held onto Osprey's wrists. Osprey, uh, who knew he was doomed, spat at Omega, said, fuck you. Omega threw a V-trigger knee and then hit the one-winged angel before scoring the win. Holy shit. Now, that ending of the match I wanted to highlight because we know that Osprey and Okada have had insane matches. Insane matches. And anytime Okada is ready to put you away, what does he do? He grabs you and locks you by the wrist. So having Omega do the exact same thing to Osprey, it's like Osprey cannot get out of this move. That's so funny. Well, you know what he hit him with. You know what the the double wrist lock knee strike is. That's Kota Ibushi's finisher, buddy. That's the Kamigoye. Yep. That's what I thought he was doing. I thought he no. was. Uh, it, may, it was. It was it a was, little bit of both. It obviously, both. right? I think it was both. But, I think that's. It was intended to say, look, Will Osprey can't beat these guys. He's yes. not at yeah, their I, level yet. If this is the okay, look. All things considered, if the story of 2023 is Will Ospreay turning into that guy the same way that Kenny Omega turned into that guy in 2016-17, all will be forgiven. I think uh, that has to be where they're going. That is where they're going. And this is an unbelievable, beautiful first step. Like, I think Kenny Omega is... I, I don't know. He's he's an interesting case in professional wrestling, man. He's not a good promo at all. I find his promos to be cringe. He's a weird character. He's off-putting to some, but he is so at home in New Japan. He fits this place like a glove. I almost wish he never left, man. He's so right. perfect for this place. He, and he They bring out the best of him. He brings out the best of them. And this was just a brilliant wrestling match. I miss New Japan Kenny Omega so much. God, this was great. The bar is set high, buddy. This is five stars. This is five Antonio Inokis out of five. I, I mean, like, oh, my God, what a wrestling match. What what could you say? How could this possibly, like, how, how could you get better than this, you know? This is and as good as it gets. That's the issue, right? I felt so sorry for the guys in the main event. And I think you said it best. Like, this AEW Kenny Omega's got nothing on New Japan Kenny Omega. If, you're un if you've only seen AEW Kenny Omega watch this match, 
watch some of his New Japan stuff. And you're going to see why he's been praised as one of the best in the world and why a lot of people are are kind of upset, uh, let down by what we see in AEW with Kenny Omega. I agree, man. You don't want to see him, God bless him, wrestling Alan Angels for 10 minutes. And that's why people were upset when that happened, because he has this in him. And it just I wish he was doing this more uh, than once every five years, you know. But, oh, my God, what an, what an all-time classic. One of the 10 best wrestling matches I've ever seen, maybe, honestly. Like, that level, so incredibly, incredibly good. All right. That, yeah. What more can we say about that match, my friend? Honestly, I think it's time to move on to the main event. And it was for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship as your current champion, Jay White with Gato, went up against Kazushka Okada. Yeah, like you said, felt bad for them almost. I feel like this match is going to get slept on. This was still absolutely a great match. Jay White is so good. Kazuchika Okada, I think he's underrated because he, we we don't realize how special he is because he does it so very often. 33 minutes. Uh, this was a classic Wrestle Kingdom main event. It just followed one of the all-timers. I think the issue with Okada is this, and I, I figured this out when this match ended because I don't want to see Okada be the champ anymore. I'm done with that. I think it's time to move on from Okada being that champion. I think it's time to give other people the opportunity. Um, but the reason why I feel a lot of people kind of sleep on Okada, don't realize how amazing he is, is because of how strong he's booked in New Japan. He's OP. He's Roman Reigns. He is just yeah. overpowered. He's too strong. He's too good. He always gets the chances. He's a Charlotte Flair of New Japan Pro Wrestling, right? And I think that... Because uh, I've seen a lot of reports, I've seen a lot of uh, 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 opinions where people are like, if I never see Okada win another Wrestle Kingdom match, it's soon enough, right? Like, there's a lot of negativity around him. And again, I am I feel like I'm trying not to be negative, but my point is this. Okada is amazing, and I think that his booking puts him down okada doesn't need the belt right now okada doesn't need the belt anymore he's beyond the iwgp heavyweight championship and i think that is hurting new japan by constantly giving him these wins at wrestle kingdom i can't really argue that except i think there were there are extenuating circumstances yes. this year that being Antonio Inoki's tragic passing, right? Like, a, I think this was kind of the the go the the feel good moment, win one for Inoki, and I, I really do think a lot might change on this New Year's Dash show. I, I, I but as of right now, after this match, Okada was challenged by Shingo Takagi. I don't think Shingo is going to be the man to to hold the IWGP title for the majority of this next year. I wonder who is. Maybe they just leave it on Okada for another year, and he does the roman reigns thing we'll see all right so white's telling okada that he will not take this from him they're going back and forth what i love about jay white 
is just the amount of shit talking he does during the match. It is insane. I can see why it could be a little off-putting, but I love it. He's the heel. Let him be a heel. Let him be an asshole. Um, you know, he's putting Okada through hell. Okada starts coming back, and he's like, no, nah, I'm not going to stand for this. Both men were in the middle of the ring. They were trading elbows. Uh, they jockeyed for position, as they like to say. Okada then hit White with his own Blade Runner finisher. Okada followed up with a Emerald uh, Flosin and dropped White with a Rainmaker clothesline to get the win. So even in defeat, it took Okada to give Jay White everything and then some, both finishers, and then some to put him away. So even in defeat, Jay White does look strong. Uh, but I go back to my original point where I just don't think Okada needs this. No, I, it was expected. It was almost telegraphed yeah. again with all the Inoki stuff. But I, they, they, yeah, they just tried to send the crowd home happy. But you're right. He doesn't need it. And it would be better served on Will Ospreay, on Shingo on Hiromu, on Zack Sabre Jr. That's not really how they do things in Japan, but I would love to see that. Anyway, this match was great. It was something special. It will be on our top 123 of 2023 list for sure. Excellent match. I'm going to go as high as four and a quarter Tatsumi Fujinamis out of five. 85% solid A. Solid match of the year contender. But the problem is it, it immediately followed the match of the year which is Okada versus, or sorry, Omega versus Osprey. Yeah. All right. After the match, White's holding on to the belt. He can't believe he lost. Uh, Red Shoes tried to take it away. White eventually released the belt, and then the referee put it around the waist of Okada. White got up, stumbled into Okada, said something, uh, and I guess it was kind of like the most respect you're going to get from the Jay White character. He stumbled backwards, gets out of the ring. Um, Ghetto helped White away. Shingo Tagaki comes into the ring. He talks to Okada in Japanese. He apparently challenged him. Uh, Tagaki dropped the mic, left the ring, uh, and that was essentially that. January 21st, uh, Wrestle Kingdom in Yokohama Arena, and it seems like that's when we're going to get Shingo versus Okada. That's the show for right. us. That makes sense. Kind of wrap. Uh, they could even wrap it up there. That could be a one-time, one-and-done thing. So, yeah, let's quickly go through some of the biggest wrestlers here in New Japan and, and talk about what's next for them or what we think might be next. So, Okada, Shingo, that's that's locked up. Omega, Osprey, that seems to be that's going to continue to happen for a very long time. They're going to do that in AEW as well, I think, right? I, I think so, but I have a question for you. If this is the year of Will Ospreay, Will he beat Omega or will he lose in the return match and eventually move up to the heavyweight division? Or is he going to win the U.S. championship and kind of just hold that while he does his own thing? Uh, what do you think? Like, I'm more interested in what you think is going to happen with Will Ospreay here. Uh, OK, so what I think is going to happen with Ospreay is he does beat Omega at some point. Omega might lose the IWGP US title to somebody else, so Osprey doesn't have to hold it because he doesn't really need it. I think Osprey is going to beat Okada next year at the Dome. I think Will Osprey will win the title, will win in the main event over Okada in next year's Wrestle Kingdom 18. All right, let's talk about uh, Hiromu Takahashi, your new IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion. What's next for Takahashi? Uh, Hart says he turns on Naito and takes over Los Angeles. 
uh, head says he wrestles Kushida when Kushida comes back. Yep. All right. Master Wato, let's talk about the MVP from that match. <laughs> Is anything, yeah. do you think there's any plans for him? I can honestly see him going up against a Shota Umino or a, a Narena or something like that. Yeah, feud him against Hiromu, feud him against Zack Sabre Jr. maybe if you want. But uh, yeah, I think he could use a step up, try to get one of those titles. Yep. You talked about Zack Sabre Jr. I think we already talked about this, but do you want to reiterate what you think is going to happen with Zack Sabre Jr.? I hope he holds this title for a very long time, has some awesome matches across the globe, kind of goes around the world with it, kind of is the AEW All-Atlantic title here in New Japan Pro Wrestling. And yeah, I think he's going to start his own, basically his own version of Suzuki Goon, his own tough guys, wrestlers, etc. cetera. Uh, they might even call it TMDK, who knows? Yep. Uh, Tetsuya Naito, what is in the books for Tetsuya Naito? Honestly, this is a guy... I always feel sorry for man. This is guy, the guy who has literally been your Iron Man in Japan for the past few years. I wish I had the stat in front of me, uh, but he's wrestled the most matches over the past three, four years in New Japan. Um, number one in merch sales for most of that time, and he seems lost in the shuffle constantly. Agree. I hope I hope he gets turned on and goes babyface. Maybe he and Tanahashi can form like a nobody believes in us anymore babyface tag team. Who knows? But yeah, I, I I hope that there's something of substance in his future. I worry there's not though, man. That's a really tough call. I don't know where to slot him. Right. Tamatonga and the Never Open Weight Championship. This is a belt that just gets kind of randomly defended with uh, pretty good stories, but it's uh it's always hard to tell who the next contender is. Yeah, Tamatonga's next stop is the Royal Rumble. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, we talked about FTR, but let's talk. I don't even want to talk about these guys, but we might as well. They're your new heavyweight tag team champions, Yoshihashi and Hiroki Goto. Do you think they're going to be champs for a while? Yeah, like five, six months. I think there's no reason to, to hot potato the belts away from them. Give, give them a, a solid run and then have them lose, hopefully, to Aussie Open. Yep. Um, let us talk about some guys from the opener tjp and leo rush especially i honestly feel like these guys are going to get a singles run eventually especially leo rush uh since he doesn't have the belt yeah i wouldn't mind seeing tjp and or leo rush especially leo rush mix it up with Hiromu. that'd be kind of fun get some new blood in there versus the time bomb yep we talked about this on the stardom show Let's talk about this here, just in case people haven't listened. So, uh, I do firmly believe that Kyrie is going heel. I believe that, you know, in stardom, the story that they're telling with her is that she's come back thinking she's all that. She hasn't earned it. Stardom roster tends to be very close-knit family. So, her come kind of uh, coming in and getting that top spot rubbed the people the wrong way, storyline-wise, right? So, I can see Kyrie fully... Uh, engaging in this and saying f you all going heel and starting a faction um but if we kind of talked about this on the stardom aftercast is she gonna join with mercedes monet because my whole plan was you know you have essentially the i don't want to say the invaders the ex ers but the ex north american stars coming in and kind of saying stardom is ours yeah, no, that makes uh, an NWO situation, of, of course, for sure. Uh, 
you know what? I think I would go the other way now because I, I originally was with you, buddy, but it seems like what they should do right now is Kyrie kind of wins back the favor of the stardom locker room and the Japanese fans by defending the honor of stardom from Sasha Banks, a.k.a. Mercedes Monet. So I would have liked to have seen them team up and be a heel tag team. But now, since she already hit a terrible finishing move on Kyrie, Mercedes yeah. did, you might as well have Kyrie try to defend her turf, right? You might as well. Yep, I agree, I agree with you 100% on that one. I'm kind of changing my tone as well, and that's why I wanted to bring this up again. Um, so let's talk about Mercedes Monet a little bit. We know she's going to be um, in San Jose. Is she going to be on Dynamite in Los Angeles being Soraya's tag team partner? I don't think so. Just because AEW has done almost nothing to tease it or promote it. Now, that might be because she was technically under contract to WWE still and they didn't want any tampering, any whatever, right? So there might be, if we see like big, big uh, play, for lack of a better term, if we see a lot of advertisement, a lot of buzz around this uh, mystery partner, it might be, man. I think the next couple days will tell, uh, you know, Here's, and especially like the, the few days leading up to it. Here's my thing, though. I think that Tony Khan should have learned by now that he really needs to be careful building up these mystery partners because he's going to put himself in a Roman Reigns 2015 situation if it isn't Mercedes Monet. If it's not going to be Mercedes Monet, tell us tonight. Tell us ASAP. Go on one of your fancy podcasts and say, no, she is not coming in because whoever <laughs> you're setting up to actually be the tag team partner is the people are going to turn on them right away yeah i agree a million percent agree with you buddy come on this fancy podcast and let us know tony we'll take that but uh no ask, you i i think we ask two honestly, of questions don't worry <laughs> <laughs> uh i will i will i will pump his tires about some of the better matches but i will actually ask him about cm punk and i'm sure it got shut down of course but that's life uh Ain't it, ain't it pretty? Anyway, man, uh, I don't know. I think uh, I, I don't think she's coming in because they've said nothing, although that might be a legal thing and she is coming in and that would be exciting. It would be very exciting to see Mercedes Monet in AEW. They drastically need that. All right, there you go. I think we've gone through most of the roster, at least the ones that appeared here. Um, New Year's Dash, January 5th. We'll be talking about that eventually on BAM or on one of the other shows. We'll kind of try to throw that in. Uh, we have so much going on here on Sunday night's main event. Uh, we have, obviously, thanks for listening to this show. Uh, we have our regular slew of shows as the old fucks are going to be talking all things AEW Dynamite. Um, we also have the Smack Daddies talking Smackdown. We will also be coming back chatting Rampage on the Rampage Ramble where we love to chat and eventually we get to some Rampage. Um, also, the flagship show is coming back this weekend as Mike McGuire is your tour guide uh, around the world of professional wrestling. And we talk about the biggest news with none other than Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer. We also then will have on Monday the top 122 of 2022 who will end number one uh, and what are going to be our bold predictions for 2023 really looking forward for everyone to listen to that show um we have so much going on here on snme 
I oh man, I can't wait for the top 122. Thank you all for I've gotten a couple messages asking where it is. It, it uh, needed some time to percolate in the oven. Boris, I needed my I needed my co-host there with me. Full throttle. That's gonna be like a three three and a half hour podcast. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Now before we go, I'm gonna do a tight 15 on the future of evil, if you'll excuse me. Please. So the thing about evil, Boris, is that he is evil. That is the end of my analysis for evil. Uh, let's just let's just close with 14 minutes and 30 seconds of dead air. Thank you for listening to the show. If you want to be part of our patron and get one wrestling show each and every single day, go to patreon.com slash SNME radio. Uh, you'll be getting them straight to your inbox uh, or your favorite podcast app. Uh, and again, we thank you to all the patrons. Honestly, we couldn't do this without you. And the patron funds essentially go to leave and keep the lights on. Thank you so much. Yes. He's Matt. I'm Boris. <laughs> Until next time, stay tranquilo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there you have it. I hope that you like what you listen to. And just remember, you can get that show and every other show that we produce. If you are a patron and to join, all you need to do is go to patreon.com slash radio. And it costs you $5 every single month. We hope to see you there. And just remember, stay tranquilo.